This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. Welcome everybody to Wide Open Sportscast. Hi everybody. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Alright, awkward to start at the beginning. I am Feds and welcome back to I'm the almost world famous Wide Open Sportscast Hi, on Rick. this beautiful Sunday, July 8th. Rick. Hi Rick. Hi. Hi, my name is... <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> um, we are recording on Sunday, July 8th. It is a beautiful day in our sunny studios of the always wonderful New Hope of Pennsylvania. And don't forget that you can interact with us on Twitter at WideOpen underscore sports and find us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well at WideOpen Sportscast. Rick, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Had a good weekend. Got to celebrate some birthdays. Got to see some friends I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, we had a good day yesterday. It was nice. The SummerSlam. How was was coaching? Good. You told me you were doing some lacrosse coaching. Yeah, we had a tournament this weekend, so I was coaching that. Um, Had a wedding on Friday night. It was pretty busy. Had that birthday party for a friend on uh, Saturday that Rick and I were both at down the shore. So I came home from coaching lacrosse and fell asleep for two hours. Nice. So I know that I thought we were recording earlier. It was actually clutch that we decided to record the time that we are now at 7.55 at night because I got to sleep for two hours. You're welcome. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. But, in that, why don't we hop into uh, our first thing here, Feds? Yeah, the you know. end of the NBA? You know. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, So, there's only one way to put it. The West isn't a scene. It's an arms race. Yes. As the, it might as well be called WNBA, the Western National Basketball Association, and the East should just be called the D-League at this point. <laughs> Um, first the, the off, the D League with Kyrie. Yeah, D League, but D League had Jimmer, dude. Not true. Jimmer for that. Um, so if you haven't heard, shocking news has happened since the last time we have recorded. No one could have predicted this. No one saw this coming, even though at first you thought that it wasn't going to come into fruition, but it did. At, at, so it dur- did during the playoffs. I didn't think it was going to happen, but as it went on, but as it went on, it was like. LeBron is tired of this shit. Yeah, let's put it this way. The big witness banner has once again been taken down from Cleveland as LeBron James has agreed to a four-year, $153 million deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. It looks like uh, when we were talking last week about the meetings and stuff, it was like having Jack Nicholson at the meeting really paid off for the Lakers. Yeah, right. Um, So, they also bring in JaVale McGee from... The Warriors, the former and still defending NBA champions, I guess you could call it. I could not stop laughing when I saw this first signing. The first signing after LeBron James, a few hours afterwards, Lance Stevenson. LeBron and Lance Stevenson reunited on the same exact team. It's about time. <laughs> Can not you really. imagine the antics? Uh... I wonder if there's going to be any blowing in LeBron's ear while he's shooting free throws. Oh, wait, Lance, you're on my team now. Maybe uh, maybe during practice. 
And then how about Rajon Rondo also joining the Lakers? Um, that was a good signing. I like really the him taking the picture with the girl had the shirt on and said LeBron is a bitch. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, you didn't see that? No, I missed that. Yeah, he took a picture with this girl and the and was pointing at it, and the girl's shirt said LeBron is a bitch. Mm, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So looks like everyone who was once anti LeBron is now ring chasing with him as he joins the I was ball dynasty. I guess you could call it the beginning of it in L.A. Even though LiAngelo didn't even get a tryout with them. Uh, Brandon Ingram and the new look Los Angeles Lakers. Is the NHL playing anywhere? Don't think so. Yeah, I don't even think he got drafted. Yeah, no, he had to, he didn't he didn't get drafted, and then he had a tryout with the Lakers, and let's just say it didn't go too well. Yeah. So that's I, how that one played. I mean, out. That, a lot a lot of a lot of people say of all of all the Ball brothers, he would probably be the least successful. Yeah. Because, I mean, LaMelo's pretty legit. If you've watched LaMelo before, LaMelo's actually got, you know, some decent talent to him. He actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, But even though LeBron goes to the Lakers, the Warriors see him moving to L.A. and raise him to Marcus Cousins, who but- signs a one-year... Five million dollar deal. Pipsqueaks just turned into superstars. They're monsters. They're monsters. That's a good contract for the Warriors, considering he's not going to be starting at the beginning of the year. And it's only five million dollars. And it's a good contract for the Warriors because they're going to win the league again once he's back. Yeah. Again. Like, who could remote? I'm sorry. That Laker team does not stand a chance. I I will say that yeah. What I was gonna say before, uh, LeBron went there to start a project. It wasn't him going to win championships like he did down in Miami. Yeah, he's definitely starting a project, which is a little bit more forgivable. Do you feel like he gambled and lost, thinking that Paul George would be going to L.A. As well, maybe Chris Paul would opt out of his contract. Do you think that he went there thinking other people were going to go with him, and they decided not to? Well, he did get some pieces there with like Rondo there, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say Rondo was... versus Paul George though. Yeah, I, okay, I I agree, but I mean, I would say Rondo is a better passer than uh, Paul George, play creator. Yes, yeah. Very so true. he that that's that's just an element for LeBron to build off of, and LeBron is going to be the one controlling the ball there. So I think that that's, that's a good way to go to counter the, the PG 13 right to go with Rondo. Um, as you saw, Paul George has decided to re-sign with the thunder after having a hype party at Westbrook's house where he broke the news. And then also Chris Paul signed a new deal with the Houston Rockets. I think that one was more surprising. I was, I was surprised by Paul George agreeing to stay in Oklahoma City. A lot of people were saying, well, he's just throwing away his future because now he's been suckered by Russell Westbrook to play there for another four years and watch Russ well, keep averaging triple doubles. If you think about it in like four years, the Golden State Warriors may not be together. Cause they, they it can't some, be much longer, dude. I, I don't think it's much longer. It can't. I mean – like it's getting it's the monsters versus everybody now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when Boogie's there. They're already good enough. They're already a phenomenal one of the best teams ever assembled in the NBA's history without him. Now, you have five 
former Western Conference All-Stars who are all an All-Star at one point all together on the same team. And for the first time, Steve Kerr has a player underneath him who is a 2015 player. He's never had a 20-point, 15-rebound player in that whole time of Golden State. And I don't think Boogie's going to be that there. But I Do mean, you think of coming off of injuries, or do you think it's get, he gets so many rebounds I, and points because he's there, there's so many central other, key, key central figure on that team? The good thing about the Golden State Warriors and, and like every team, I mean, every team is just trying to make what they've made there mm-hmm. is a good system-working team. So. Yes. If if it's gonna be a positionless three point shooting, yes, <laughs> and I could see Cousins. He is definitely going to be a uh, a backup to the Splash Bros. Mm-hmm. I mean, he the could he one. could he could be a third, but he's going to be the third. If yeah. anything, there's no way he's gonna so he's gonna he's gonna be shooting second. a lot less than Curry and Clay. Hundred percent, I agree with you on that. And then I mean, Durant is Durant. So he's going to. He doesn't even need a Splash Brothers title. He's just Durant. (laughs) He's just Durant. I mean, two time finals MVP. I mean, it's just Durant. Um. Not that's really doing anything. DeAndre Jordan will be going to Dallas. So Lob City is officially no more. Yeah. I mean, that was a project that had been doomed for a while, though. When they weren't getting those wins. Yeah. That's kind of sad that that never worked out in a way. Yeah. Because uh, that that Clippers team was a lot of fun to watch. Because Chris Paul's my favorite player, even though I'm I'm back with the Brooklyn Nets. Chris Paul's my favorite player, and that LA Clippers team was so fun to watch yeah. with Chris Paul, DeAndre, Blake Griffin, and then you had Paul Pierce was on. It still, you had JJ, you had Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. That was a fun team to watch. It was, but you know, all doesn't necessarily go well. Interesting. Though, um, how about Doc Rivers trading his son? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's business is business. And I've so. read that. I actually, I read. Um, it was this book that came out called "Getting to Us," and it's about all of these different types of coaches and how they get their teams to be successful. And Doc Rivers is in it and actually talks about his relationship with Austin Rivers. And Austin Rivers said that. It, it doesn't really see it like him and his dad aren't like don't have that close relationship where they're like, oh, my God, I'm trading my son. It was like you said, oh, it's business. Uh, yeah, I mean, like they said, like because of that, like they really have never had like a close father son relationship. So it's not like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that that's that may be part of it. I don't think that's a big part of it. I mean, it's more just what both of them have to do. I mean, he could be traded to somewhere successful. And it's like you said, business. Yeah, and he could be doing him a favor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could. It, it, it looks nasty on paper because he's trading his son away. Yeah. But he could be doing him a favor there because he, he might get better playing time. He might do better elsewhere. Now, and how, maybe and maybe that's what he's thinking, Doc Rivers. And now how about the fact that after five, six years – of the Brooklyn Nets chasing Dwight Howard, they finally get him, and he goes, guys, I don't want to be here. Buy me out of my contract, please. Uh, I mean, And Dwight Howard is now with, um, who is he with now? I literally just saw it. I think he's went to the Wizards. I was about to say Hornets, but he was already there. Yes, he went to the Wizards. They completed a trade. The Nets actually opened up a couple max contract spots for them. But, again... 
the Nets right now. And now, so now, Rick, here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. 2018-2019 Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Durant, Draymond, Boogie. Versus the Banana Boat in their prime. Chris Paul, LeBron James, Melo, and Dwayne Wade. And then insert a fifth starter wherever. But just Banana Boat versus the Warriors. Who wins? I'm going to say Warriors. Yeah, dude, that Warriors team is just... And it's like you said, it's not necessarily the players. Like, you would look and say, like, oh, wow, LeBron James, Chris Paul, all of these people are on the same team. Um... It's a system that the Warriors have that works well. It's, it's they do have great players, but it like you said, their system just works so well in the way that they do things. Yeah, I mean that's, and so many other teams are just trying to emulate that right now. That, and that and that's kind of a problem because the Warriors can adapt very well as well. Mm-hmm. And you try to get these star players that could play up to them, but. The, the Warriors always have, especially in the second half. Something that, that clicks. Something... Third quarter. That Warrior third. You and I were both sitting in triumph at um, New Hope watching game four of the NBA Finals. And it was going to half. And I said, oh boy, here comes that third quarter. Yep. And the Warriors blew him out in the start of the third quarter. It's, it's a thing. They said it's literally like NBA, other professional NBA teams go into halftime going... Crap. The Warrior third quarter is coming. Yep. Because they believe, the Warriors themselves believe, and you can see it, is that they put so much work into trying to hang with them for two quarters. By the time the half comes around, they're already shot, and the Warriors are like, okay, we got this. Yeah, the but Warriors are just better conditioned. Seth, that Warrior third quarter is just, it's magical to watch. Um, Something I've loved about the NBA I've been really, really enjoying this year. How about that summer league? How much the summer league has grown? I mean, it's it's fun to watch. I haven't been able to watch too much of it because I've been more into other things. Like the World Series of Poker is on, so I've been watching a lot of that recently. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, from the clips I've seen, it it almost looks more entertaining than what the, the current product of the NBA is. Let me put it this way. You don't know which team is going to make the finals of the Summer League. Yeah. The Warriors have already won the NBA Finals, but y- you're already knowing. It's 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 like uh, March Madness, but season schedule March Madness. Yes. I, I 100% agree with you on that. So. Um, Jaron Jackson has been lighting it up for Memphis. He had 30 in his first summer game. He's actually been doing pretty well. Um, Marvin Bagley already looks like a stud. He had a huge dunk on uh, Michigan's Mo Wagner. I, I will say this, though, about the Summer League, because last year's Summer League, we thought that Lonzo Ball, at certain points, was just going to blow blow up and be a big player. And he hasn't developed yet. Uh-uh. So, I mean, that, that could just be the product of the Summer League. And you don't know if it's going to transfer into the regular NBA. No. So... Marvin How about, Bagley, he he's doing great now. Yeah, but let's see. Let's the true test is the first ten games. I'll I'll say the first ten games of the regular season. Okay. Now, how about Trey Young? Four for twenty shooting in the first summer league game. I mean, he didn't look good. Lots at the end. of air balls. Lots of air balls. He didn't look good at the end of the. Uh, 
at the end of his NCAA career. No, because everyone figured it out. Everyone literally just said, okay, put four people on Trey Young and no one else is going to hurt us, and that's exactly what happened. Um, someone, I think it was, I forget who said it. It was really funny. I think um, Jalen Rose said it. He goes, Trey Young gave Bill Russell a concussion last night by hitting the NBA logo so much and hitting Bill Russell's head on the NBA logo on the side of the backboard so much. <laughs> From just the amount of misses that he had. That that was one of the funniest things that I've heard <laughs> in a while. Um, and then Trey Young had a big scrap up with Grayson Allen. But, I mean, Grayson Allen already showing why he's in the NBA. I'm here to F you up. I mean, do, I mean – Love him or hate him, the dude comes to play, Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great. It'd be it's awesome seeing grit in NBA play. Oh, he's the definition. They're grit. There's a picture of Grayson Allen right next to it, as long as um as well as the definition of trip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. But uh, some of his tactics are not his best. No, but it's nice seeing that because I do miss the NBA of old. Oh yeah, dude, that was. Like, I talk to all of my kids at school and talk to a lot of my athletes. And you ask them, like, who your favorite NBA team is. LeBron James. Yeah. Okay. So, what about you? Who do you? Who's your favorite NBA team? Steph Curry. It's not like... I feel like back in the days... And even I'm guilty of it, too. I was watching Chris Paul for a while before I went back to finding my roots with the Brooklyn Nets. It's not a team-based league anymore. It's a player-based league. When we were growing up with that NBA in the early 90s and early 2000s NBA, the teams were even. Yeah, you had your good teams and your bad teams. But every team had exactly one or two superstar players that you knew could give you a chance on any given night. You go look at the Heat with Wade and Shaq, the New Jersey Nets when they had Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd, the Raptors had Bosch, the Celtics used to have Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, the Pacers had Reggie Miller. Like every single team had a player that you knew was going to help you. Shaq and Kobe on the Lakers, San Antonio, Tim Duncan, and Tony Parker. The list goes on and on and on of how all of these different teams had impact players. Now, everyone's on the same team. Yeah. And there's no loyalty. There's no there are no more real good NBA rivalries because it's not like where you stayed and you have an animosity with another team. They all grew up playing AAU together. Perfect example, look at the banana boat. They've all moved around, jumped around. They've all been best friends for ever since their AAU days. It's not like the days of Magic versus Bird and Lakers Celtics. It's not. It's just not the same anymore. Yeah, and that that is troublesome. Um, it it definitely impacts my my viewership of the league. Um, I, I, I I think that this year the Warriors. Um, just ruined a lot of people's viewership in the NBA. <laughs> well, honestly, the Warriors didn't necessarily have the best of seasons. If, there was a lot of turmoil. Yeah, and I mean, they had, they had injuries, but I mean, they always come through in the end. And someone was counter-arguing this. So when people were saying, why bother watching the NBA? Because you know the Warriors are going to win it all. The NBA loves storylines. Mm-hmm. Loves storylines. And now you have the storyline of this 
literally like monster esque starting five that on paper you would think no one has a chance against, and it's going to be can the rest of the league find a way to take this team out? It's literally the plot to Infinity War. I, I mean, and the Warriors are Thanos. So and I, everybody else is the rest of the Avengers trying to figure this crap out. <laughs> I mean, I think this season possibly is a bust unless I mean it, it the like you said rivalry. The rivalry is LeBron versus the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Which on no offense this year isn't going to be much of a rivalry in my opinion because I mean, I'm not saying the Warriors are going to beat the Lakers every game by 30, but it's going to be fun to watch because especially now you have LeBron. It's not just LeBron versus the Warriors in two games like Christmas night and then a random Friday night in February and then the finals. It's Lakers-Warriors five times because they're in the same division and possibly in the playoffs too. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's LeBron versus the Warriors is probably going to be the Western Conference final. Hmm, very bold statement. Not I, not the Rockets, not the, the Thunder. I, no, definitely not the Thunder. I I, feel, I mean, w- with LeBron, I think LeBron has a better would by himself can beat both uh, Westbrook and Paul George. Yeah, especially if you have Westbrook scores a basket in the first two minutes. Well, boys, it's gonna be a lot of shots going up tonight. Yep. So. I, I mean that that's no contest. I I would I you I could understand the argument of the the Rockets, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Just LeBron in in that in that division or in in the conference changes the whole dynamic. What Com- makes the East irrelevant? Well, I mean, yeah, that's obvious. But you you thought one two in the West. You throw you thought. Golden State Warriors, and you thought the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Rockets and Lakers, because LeBron is on the Lakers now, makes it seem like, to me, that that's an even two. Like, they, they're they both going to be very even with each mm-hmm. other. Let me, because you have, but you have I, Brandon I just, Ingram, you have some, you know, some pretty decent players there, too. Yeah, and good young players. And, I mean... Yeah, we keep bringing, we we brought up Lonzo Ball had, didn't have the best of season, but I mean he was a rookie, and and you can tell, and dude, Steph he's, Curry, he put in a lot of work. I mean this is this is bold, but Steph Curry didn't have the best rookie season. No, and look what or he sophomore or junior, yeah. like he didn't have the best three season first three seasons. So we like only time will tell with that. So he Steph Curry said that himself. Steph yeah. Curry said, "Yo, why?" Um, he said, if people judged me off of my first season like people are judging Lonzo Ball, I'd be out of the NBA right now. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree with that statement by uh, by Steph. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch and see, can anyone stop? The, the Warriors getting DeMarcus Cousins was Thanos getting the last Infinity Stone. Did you see Infinity War yet? Nope. God damn it, Rick. Yep. So. It's coming out on DVD soon, probably. So Yeah, pretty soon. Um, so that is our talk on the NBA. You can give us some of your opinions and feedback at wide open underscore sports on Twitter. And don't forget the wide open sports feed. You can find us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us on 
iTunes. Our next topic. Rick. It's coming home, my friend. Football is not is not coming home to America. It's going home. England, my friend. Here's a stat for you. So here's a stat. Here's a stat. Soccer fans, here's a stat for you, okay? 2006. It's not 2006. 2010 World Cup. Spain. Pep Guardiola is coaching Barcelona in Spain. And he wins La Liga. Wins the Spanish title. Spain wins the World Cup. 2014, Pep Guardiola goes to Germany and is coaching Bayern Munich. Wins Bundesliga. Wins the German League title. 2014, Germany wins the World Cup. 2018, Pep Guardiola wins the Premiership. Wins the Premier League title in England. Do the math, my friend. They have a good coach. It's coming home. Um, but now for real, let's talk about the World Cup because it's been a little bit. We are now into the round of the semifinals. I, for one, am upset that it's coming to an end. It seemed like it just started yesterday, and it's already in the semifinals with four games left. Forget it's not three, there's four because on Saturday there is a third place game. Our semifinals Tuesday will be Belgium versus France. And then Wednesday will be England and Croatia. Croatia advanced after a fun round of penalty kicks against Russia the other day. Yeah, that was fun to dude, watch. Props to Russia, dude, for making yeah, that, it I know, that far. I mean, I don't know if it's like boom paying off refs. I, I, I doubt that. That's stupid joke. It is FIFA. It is. Yeah, true. It is FIFA. And that's pretty much how he got, the, got it there. But, when he invited Seb Blatter to watch a game with him, the former and now dethroned president of FIFA for all of the things that he did wrong. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. But at the same time, I back back to Russia being as good as they were. Like, they were that organized. They played well. They had some magical mo- moments. Cheryshev had a strike and a half against the Croatians yesterday. Um, but it's it, it it it's a feel good story, you know. That does happen. Teams have gone on to host the World Cup and win. France did it in '98. It's not this unheard of thing where it's like, oh my God, so and so is hosting this big tournament and they're it's gonna more, go. It's more more the fact of when you think of Russia, you you don't think of their soccer. No, dude, they were Russia was 31st out of 32 teams if you go by the FIFA rankings. They were rated coming in as the second worst team in this World Cup. Their offense had gone dry. They had gone a whole series of games without even scoring a goal. And then they erupt for five against Saudi Arabia. And, I mean, you're going to give credit to any team that can beat Spain. Yes, Spain boring with their pass lateral, pass backwards, pass lateral, pass backwards style. Yeah. You have all those attacking players. You have Asensio, you have Isco, you have Costa, you have Iniesta. You would think Spain would try to pass the ball forward a little bit more. That didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about that, man. Yeah, it's it's I, shocking to see Spain go out in the quarterfinal. Um, just like Against Russia. Against Russia. And they went out in penalty kicks. And, well, dude, such is the beauty or some will say the hatred of penalty kicks is the idea that you have games like that that go on. And it's like, why can't you keep playing? 
until you get a winner. It's just someone's like NHL playoffs in hockey or like any sport playoffs. You play till someone scores and it's over. Um, but it's, don't the way they put it, and I tell my athletes this all the time: don't leave the decision to the hands of the ref. And when you're a boxer, you want to end the fight before it comes down to the judges officiating it, because then you're putting it into someone else's hands. Spain should have finished Russia off. And then when you get to penalty kicks, it's a it's a potluck. It's you know. You're supposed the reason why you do penalty kicks is because you're supposed to score. When science says that when you are sitting nine ten yards out in front of the goalie and that big goal, and you have the entire net to shoot at, science says you're going to score nine times out of ten. But it's the drama, the tension of all of those different moments. Like yesterday, Russia, the one guy missed completely wide. He wasn't even close. Yeah. It 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 is it is. Far better off to hit the target and the goalie saves it than to just completely miss. Um, but have to give props to, to Russia. Um, yeah, but that's it, dude. We led me and the guy I coach with. We read a book on penalty kicks and the whole. It was invented by an Irishman. Again, this whole idea that you're supposed to score, but you still got to find a way to do it. It's a whole science of like how you should walk up and take a penalty kick. The physiological side to it the psychotic side to it all these different types of ways to approach penalty kicks um croatia so croatia did it in penalty kicks against denmark and they also did it against the russians as well belgium and what i think so far has been the game of the tournament after a stagnant first half and japan went up two nothing very early for Belgium to fight all the way back and win on the last kick of the game. That was a very special game to watch. It was. And now, look, Belgium's in the semifinal against the French. And they're going to win. Dude, Belgium looks good. I I know you keep saying that it's going home. home. It's going home. Uh, It's Belgium. Realistically, my honest opinion is I think the winner of France-Belgium. Because England has had an easy road, you know, and they're playing Croatia in the semifinals. Croatia is no walkthrough. Croatia has Modric, Rakitic, Perisic, Kovacic. Give me another thing that starts with an itch. I will say this about England, and this is me being a Liverpool fan. In the last, I think it was 29 matches that Henderson has played with England, they have not lost. Yeah. So... No, it's true. Props all, props all, not props, but there you all, you Liverpool fans. Yeah. So, dude, he's having a good World <laughs> Cup. The only one on England I'd say is really having a bad World Cup is Sterling has had some pretty rough misses. Yeah. Um, here's a stat for you all. Um, Tony Adams coming out saying he's not sure about England's chances because of all the Tottenham players on the field. Yet it's a Tottenham player, Eric Dyer, that kicks the game-winning penalty kick against um Colombia. Dude, I saw that coming. When Pickford made that insane save which no one paid any attention to. Everyone went back on Twitter after that game and watched his save when he backed up and palmed it over the crossbar. It was an incredible save. It was going for the back of the net. But when he saved that, I started laughing cuz Colombia was going up to take the corner kick and I was like, "Huh, they're going to score." <laughs> and look what happened. Um so France, Belgium. What do you think in there, Rick? Belgium. What do you think the score? 
three one. Dude, three you, one. You can't count out France. Dude, France has France has a very strong defense. You have Griezmann and Mbappe's come out of nowhere and has been doing very well. They have a very strong team too. France, where I think France is more generally organized. Belgium has a phenomenal counterattack, and it is a blast to watch with yes. De Bruyne running up the field. And that's 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 why I say three one because they're gonna they're gonna a lot let a few through balls go through on a counterattack, mm-hmm. and they're gonna they're gonna I mean, capitalize on for that. me the key to them beating Brazil was. The first few games, even though they still look good, they were playing Kevin De Bruyne so deep. They are playing him as a defensive midfielder, and yet he was lit. He led the Premier League in assists, and he was leading the World Cup in assists. And then look at what happened once Belgium put him in a position to succeed and put him farther forward. He led that counterattack against Japan to get them to, to advance, and then leads their counterattack in all those other games too. And I mean, and I feel so bad for Japan because Japan threw all their bodies forward. On that corner kick in the tie game, I think it was a huge tactical mistake. Is they only left two players back, and they left themselves wide open for a, a um, counterattack. And that's exactly what happened. Is they literally, Courtois grabbed it, rolled it, and then you have a four-on-two going the other way. And Belgium's going to score that ten times out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and then, secondly, England versus Croatia. I will take England... In the final, but I'm telling you, this is not going to be a walkthrough game like a lot of people think. Croatia has a lot of good playmakers. Modric on the field gives them a chance. And again, what everyone will always say, it's England. They'll find a way. They will find a way. Harry Kane leading the Golden Boot Race. Yeah, honestly, I I thought it was going to be someone else. But The funny thing is that everyone who hates Harry Kane says that all the Harry Kane does is score tap-ins and penalties. And all six of his goals have been tap-ins and penalties. So, ha-ha to all the haters. I, It's not proving them wrong, but he's... It, it's just, for the banter aspect, he's not. Like, if you actually watch Harry, he's always in the right spot at the right time, and he has some beautiful goals if you go look through. He can hit the ball. He's... He just knows where to be. A striker's job is to get in front of the goal and score. And that's what he does. Uh huh. Like, people give Ronaldo the same praise. Ronaldo scores penalties and tap in sometimes, too. Like, he has some amazing, wonderful goals. We saw it in the Champions League. But if he did the we same thing. Game one of the World Cup. Yeah. So. If he, you're in the right spot in the right time, anyone's good. You're going to score a lot of goals. Yeah. Um,. So the I mean that's 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 what a goal scorer is supposed to do capitalize score. on the goal on scorer is supposed to score goals. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy concept there. Yeah, it's like John Madden used to say: nine times out of ten, the team that scores the most points is gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so again, you will have your semifinal. You'll have Belgium versus France on Tuesday, and then England Croatia Wednesday. Followed up on Saturday will be the third place game. So the loser of those two games and then the World Cup final will be in Moscow on Sunday. And what a day that is going to be. There's nothing like a World Cup final. And again, ladies and gentlemen, start saving up because about eight years from now, we will be having a World Cup final in our backyard in MetLife in the Meadowlands. 
Is it actually going to be at midlife? It's, it's pretty much confirmed. It's from, from what they know from the details is all the from the quarterfinals on is all in the United States because they're sharing well, it with Mexico and Canada. Yeah, I, the, I would think the final would be in America, but is it confirmed that it's going to be at the Meadowlands? It was in the proposed plan. Uh, the proposed plan that was approved by FIFA and was voted on was semifinals are in Jerry World and the new Georgia Dome, and then the final is in the Meadowlands. That's nice. For those of you who are unfamiliar, you know, Rick and I basically growing up here in New Jersey, MetLife Stadium is the home of the Jets and the Giants. For me, growing up in North Jersey, I will still always call it Giants Stadium because that's what I've always known it by. And not only that, it's just the Meadowlands Sports Complex, even though the IZOD Center where the Nets and the Devils used to be, you know, the Burn Arena, Continental Airlines. When we, when Rick and I were growing up, the Meadowlands had Jets and Giants football, the Horse Race Check, the New Jersey Nets and New Jersey Devils. Nets moved to Brooklyn, Devils moved to Newark. They rebuilt Giant Stadium, and then the horse racetrack is still there. But now it's just a giant mall that they've been building for about the past 22 years, it something looks like ugly that. As hell. But and they're actually about to open it. It's a giant eyesore, but it actually looks like it's going to come to fruition. That thing was supposed to open in 2008, and we're now in 2018. I remember going to Nets games I had season tickets and you would do the cattle crossing across the highway in between the football stadium and the IZOD center Mm -hmm. and you would walk through basically the parking garage of the the Xanadu the American Dream I don't know whatever the hell they're calling it now it's changed names about 12 times um and you're like okay this looks cool and then they just stopped doing it then they then they built like the the indoor ski ski thing the wrong way the wrong way <laughs> yeah yeah so that was, it was all complete failure it was but a I mean, giant indoor ski ramp that the way it was built would get too much sunlight and the snow would melt so they built it facing the wrong way <laughs> good job unlucky <laughs> so world cup remember folks you hear her heard her here first it's coming home if England and France both make the final, a Tottenham player will lift the World Cup trophy. Because the France captain, the captain traditionally is the first one who is when you take like the whole team photo and everything. The captain is the one who lifts it. Hugo Lloris is the captain of France. Harry Kane is the captain of England. So if it's a France-England final, it is guaranteed a Tottenham player will lift the World Cup trophy. Speaking of which, you had a Liverpool stat about how the last 28-29 games Henderson's played, England has won. Mm-hmm. Tottenham Hotspur has more players left in the World Cup at this stage than any other team in the world. We have nine. It's pretty good. And I think Barcelona has about seven at this point. Liverpool still has a decent amount because you have Mignolet as the backup goalie for Belgium. You have Lovren on Croatia. Obviously, you got Henderson. I don't think they have any French players, though. No, we don't have any French. Um... So, that is some of our World Cup chat. Now, as we were actually setting up to record today, we got a little update about the release of the All-Star Game rosters. The Midsummer Classic is here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Rick, you want to run through the NL and I'll go through the AL? Figure, you're a Mets fan, it's the NL. I'll go through the AL as a Boston guy. So, catcher... Starters first. Catcher, Wilson Contreras. 
Alright. First baseman, Freddie Feeman. Uh, Freeman. Saw that coming. Second base, Javier Baez. Third base, Nolan Ariado, Rockies. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford. Uh, then their starting outfield is Nick Markakis, Matt Kemp, and Bryce Harper. Real kind of really surprised Matt Kemp. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, he's had a good season, but it's just like he he he's been so bad. I wouldn't say bad, but he hasn't been playing great the past two seasons. So he's mm-hmm. kind of resurged with the uh, Dodgers. Now the reserves, we got Buster Posey, JT Real Muto, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, Joey Votto, Ozzy Apries, Scooter Jeanette. Scooter Jeanette, what a great name. Uh, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Lorenzo Kane, and Kristen Yelich. Now to the fun part, pitchers. Uh, we got Patrick Corbin, Jacob DeGrom, Sean Doolittle, Mike Foley News. I don't know that one. Uh, Josh Hatter, Brad Hand, Kenley Jansen, John Lester, uh, Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer, and Philippe Vasquez. Now, who starts out of that group, do you think? <sighs> Probably Scherzer. Yeah. I, w- um, I would have to say Scherzer. I would, most likely it would be Scherzer. But we'll have to see. Maybe not. Maybe they'll put him in like in an inning in like, the fifth inning. Some mm-hmm. bullshit inning. I mean, it's in Washington, right? Uh, yeah, it's in Washington. Yeah. So, All right, Scherzer's starting. Yeah, and then... Uh, <laughs> The Definitely fi- started. Then there's a couple other ones uh, for the final vote candidates. Uh, Jesus Agura, uh, Brandon Belt, Matt Carpenter, Max Muncy, and Trey Turner. Okay. So, uh, what do you think of that roster? I mean... It, it sounds like you said sounds, there, was a, there was a few surprises. Uh, no, I, well, the surprise... I, I mean, just surprised that Matt Kemp is going to be a starter. He's yeah. listed as a starter. Right. Um... Considering how how his his career has roller coastered the past couple of years, um, and not no, I don't really have any big surprises. Okay, uh, I may have missed the neighbor two in there, but I mean that's pretty much the the main core of it all. Um, I yeah, nothing here. I think it's, right. I, I mean it's. <laughs> Now, look, looking at the American League one, it seems like it's a losing one because you you guys uh, over there in the American League run the uh, the big bats. Dude, yeah, the a- the AL is stacked, and it's just I don't know why I feel like ever since we've been growing up, the AL has always won the All Star game. It's, that's where it's, all the money is. Yeah. Um. So let's run through the AL here for the AL. We have. Wilson Ramos will be the starting catcher. First base will be Jose Abreu. Second baseman, the man who led voting in the AL, will be Jose Altuve. No surprise there that he was leading that stat. Wow, the Orioles have someone on the list. Uh, but no surprise, Manny Machado. He's uh, not going to be there much longer. Nope. Um, third base will be from Cleveland, Jose Ramirez. The Mookie Monster. Uh, Mookie Betts will be in the outfield with Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. And the designated hitter will be J.D. Martinez. A big money Red Sox signing who's actually paying off. <laughs> um, the reserves, uh, that catcher Salvador Perez. Mitch Moreland, my boy Mitch uh, from Boston, will be at first. 
Second base, well-deserved Glaber Torres. Um, yeah, definitely. He's been – remember seeing him, watching him at Trenton Thunder. Yeah. And now, you know, seeing him there. And Judge as well. But Glaber Torres, there has always been a giant hype around him. Um, shortstop will be Francisco Lindor. As a reserve. As a reserve, thank you. Alex Bregman at third. The reserve outfielders will be Michael Brantley, George Springer, Mitch Hanner, and Shinshu Chu. And then Nelson Cruz will be the DH. The pitching staff representing the AL will be Justin Verlander, Corey Kluber, Sale Day, Chris Sale, uh, Luis Severino, Jared Cole, Jose Berrios, J.A. Happ, Trevor Bauer, Edwin Diaz, Joe Jimenez, Craig Kimbrell, Aroldis Chapman, and Blake Trinning. And then the final vote candidates for the AL will be Benny Biceps himself, Andrew Benintendi of the Red Sox, Eddie Rosario from the Twins, um, John Segura from the Mariners, Andrealton Simmons from the Angels, and John Carlo from the Evil Empire. Um, John Carlo is probably going to get the vote because it's just John Carlo. Get the vote for what? Um, the final vote candidate. Oh. Where the fans vote through. It's just John Carlo. Yeah. Even though I like to see Benny Biceps, it's it's gonna go John Carlo. And then for the AL, I believe Verlander will start as well. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you were right. This AL is stacked. Yeah. Like just going through the whole list, it, it's it's not even a comparison. I mean, the NL definitely I I think the NL has better pitching. Uh overall. But it's not by much. And the hitting is just substantially better for the, uh, for the AL. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... I, my prediction is the AL is going to not only win, but dominate. Now, Rick, here's the popular question I think that pops up every single All-Star game here. Should the All-Star game decide home field advantage for the World Series? Uh, well, I mean, it used to, and now it doesn't anymore. Good. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought it was like a fun gimmick to make the all-star game worth something. Um, but I, that's, uh, that is a lot of something there though. It is like, a lot. Like, to be fair, that is a lot of something. It is a lot of something. And I, I completely understand why people didn't like it and it eventually got taken away. But... I mean, it was still something. It, like it, it, it had something over any other All Star game. Mm-hmm. I would still say I think baseball has the best one. You know. Oh, for All Star games. Yeah, yeah but it, it, it was a stupid thing. It made it better. I think. It, I think. I'm probably wrong on this, but I think it made it better. That decided home field advantage. I would have liked to maybe a little something else. Like, isn't it like other leagues? You got like a pay- big paycheck or something. Oh, or... They're, yeah. They're, oh, they're gonna get paid. Yeah. Yeah. They, if they win, they get paid as well. Yeah. But I mean, I I think it would have been fun. I I, I, liked... I, I, I I liked that. I liked it. I liked the NASCAR All Star race for a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, do they still do that? Yeah. So it's a yeah. million. Like the All Star race is a million dollars, but no one else gets paid. Wow. I mean, you get, like, your sponsorship money, probably. But, but not... You, but nothing from NASCAR. Right. It's not like you get, like, oh, you finished third, congratulations. Nope. Yeah, you get nothing. Jeez. 
That's that's actually so, pretty cool. So it's all or nothing there. Yeah, I'm Rick. I'm gonna go with you there. I think the AL is gonna dominate. Um, but I do love you know the midsummer classic. God, you're such a homer. Jeez. Yeah. Um, summer was around the corner with the midsummer. Obviously, midsummer isn't around the corner. Summer is here. The midsummer classic is around the corner. Home run derbies. I always love watching the celebrity softball game. I you know there's, that's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of fun, but I, I've I've gotten off that hype. There's too many other things to watch that are better than that. Let me see if they have it out. Um, they should do what Carson well, July, Wentz did. July 17th is the All Star game, so that probably means the Home Run Derby is probably like two days before that. WWE's The Miz is to play in it. Oh really? Yeah, The Miz is in it. Um, trying to see if there's anyone else. I just did a quick Google search trying to see. The um, Miz playing baseball. Yeah. Um, that's, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna go over well, but I mean, whatever. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's, it, the, the, the one thing says, no offense to Miz, but the WWE is sending the wrong man in. Yeah. They should probably send someone like... Who's probably the most athletic? I don't know. In the WWE. Yeah, like Kofi Kingston? Let's see, is this? No, this is the last year's. Just to give you a, a taste of who plays in these, this was last year's roster. Um... Trying to go through and get normally some like Snoop Dogg is in it a lot, right? Yeah, um, Pudge Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez was in it. Nice. Um, Ricky Henderson. I don't know. This was like all former players. It wasn't like the actual. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm done with this topic. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Um, so next, then let's go to our question we'll call for the week um earlier rick i asked you would you take banana boat in their prime or the warriors now we're gonna step it up a notch would if i was to say you have a blank check and you need to build a starting five yes and you need to build a starting five to beat golden state who is your starting five and do they actually beat golden state uh my starting five you have it? Yes. Okay, have? I have Kyrie, LeBron, Joel Embiid, Giannis, Harden. And I think it's close. I think they would go to game seven with the Warriors. Yeah, I don't <laughs> to know be fair. Yeah, I, to be fair, I think they get to game seven. I, I made you LeBron, Harden, Embiid, Giannis, and then instead of Kyrie, Westbrook? Oh, so not a lot of passing will be happening on your team. Well, I mean, they're going to have to. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's what it's going to come down to. I don't to. know if you'll beat the Warriors with Westbrook shooting 40 times a game. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, you know what? Something we actually forgot to mention in the NBA was Carmelo Anthony being bought out of his contract. Oh, yeah. How did we miss that? Yeah. I mean. Came late. Um, Do you think he goes to the Lakers? God. Uh, Melo? Oh, no. God. That would be a uh, step down. I... I almost think he he would probably do better with like the Houston Rockets. Yeah, because they just shoot the ball so much. Yeah, just like him. So I I, I feel like it would just be the Houston Rockets would be the better choice for him there. Yeah, um, we we tweeted something out that was pretty funny. Got a couple likes on the Twitter feed at wide app wide open underscore sports. Was um, you ever see the meme where it's SpongeBob and Patrick running and playing outside, and Squidward's in the dark looking through his window? Yeah, 
end, it said um, Carmelo Anthony looking at Russ Westbrook and Paul George at the Thunder Hype Party. Yeah. Just <laughs> nowhere to be found. Just in, in, somewhere in a dark room just looking at them have fun outside. <laughs> that actually got a few likes. So, with that, why don't we get into this week's final drive? All right, man. So, first off, thought this was hysterical um, going through the World Cup. Um, what happened first was an octopus in Japan was correctly guessing all of Japan's World Cup matches. So, what they were doing is they would put the flag of the country they were playing in front of an octopus and they would put three plates that represent win, tie, or loss. And whichever thing the octopus, whatever plate the octopus picked to eat out of was okay. So we're playing Colombia, the eight loss. So we're going to lose to Colombia. But the catch is it predicted every game right. It said they would beat Colombia. Said that they would tie Poland. And then I believe, no, they lost to Poland. They lost to Poland and then they tied who is the other team in that group? The, sorry for another day. It guessed everyone right, including the loss to Belgium. They immediately cut the octopus up and killed it and sold it for dinner. <laughs> immediately after losing to Belgium, it predicted it ate from the plate that said lost. They chopped it up. And there was actually a picture of that same octopus hanging in the fish market. <laughs> Immediately after the loss to Belgium. There, that reminds me of, uh, there used to be an internet show that did sports. Oh, it was that... Senegal was the last. So, all right, okay. Senegal, but I just wanted to make yeah, sure yeah. I got it right. But there was an internet show that, that reminds me of this. There was an internet show that used to do uh, football picks. But the way they would do football picks was they had this chicken. And they let the chicken take a crap on whatever team he thought would win. <laughs> and he guessed. He was pretty good. I think he, he got like five of like seven right one time. It was pretty funny. Dude, between that and that Hot Wings show that you mentioned on last week's episode, you find some good TV shows to watch and good yeah. YouTube channels to well, watch. Unfortunately, the show doesn't exist anymore. It got canceled. But yeah, it was fun Chicken's to watch. taking poops to decide... <laughs> NFL games. Yeah, well, I mean, Japan chose an octopus. Anyway, uh, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz got into a heated stare down at the UFC Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and they have both agreed to a third fight. That's going to be good. And that both of them haven't fought in a long time, or at least in UFC, uh, at the UFC standard. So that it's going to be good and bad. So I wonder how good that fight's gonna be, but I mean that's kind of just like a like a throwback fight, which will be. Who awesome. won the first two? Uh, it's one one. I believe. It is one one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean I haven't watched UFC in a while. I think you and I were in the standpoint that had you know taken a little bit of a dip, but I would go and watch to go out and watch that fight. Yeah. What you got next? Um, RIP to the Legion of Boom. Officially, we had said it. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? But Cam Chancellor has retired. Was walking away yes. from the game, so I think that is officially put an end to the Legion of Boom. Yeah, a part, a part, a part of NFL history that can never be changed. Some, someone was arguing on the radio the other day that if Legion of, if the Seahawks run the ball and 
Marshawn Lynch scores and the Seahawks win that Super Bowl instead of throwing the pick and giving it to the Patriots that the Legion of Boom would go down in history with the steel curtain, the old Bears defense. Like, it would be one of those legendary defenses. I, I, because because they only got one ring, it's a no. It's just a nice I, thing. I mean, the Purple People Eaters. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, didn't, they, they were great. But, I mean, they didn't win Super Bowls. Or too many of them. So, I, I would see it's kind of like that. But as a Steelers fan with the Steel Curtain, what do you think on that side? I I disagree with it because it was it's such a different it was such era. a different defense. Yeah. And it, it's a different era. Not not only really that, it's a different era, but it was such a different defense. So, I think it should go down as one of the greatest defenses ever because it was. But they just they had some hard times at the at one point. With a bunch of injuries and shit, mm-hmm. that really, that really, t- that was like the really tearing it down was the injuries. It was more the injuries than like money or anything. Definitely. Because if if none of them got injured like they did in like the past two seasons, I mean, I it would, I'm not giving them number one on the best defenses ever, but they should be compared. Just even even though they're not the the same type of defense, they right. should be compared. Okay. So that's my thing. Fair enough. Uh, next, we got a kind of kind of a good one, um, or kind of like a ha- happy one, I should say. The wild boars, the youth soccer team from Thailand, is rescued after getting lost in a cave for nine days during the team's outing trip. So thank God that they're saved. I mean, unfortunately, the, you know, one Navy SEAL died in the process of saving yeah. them. So, you know, that was unfortunate, but it was, you know, they did save the team in the end. Yeah, I, I, yeah you never, you can never replace a life, but I mean, you did, you, it, there was nine lives saved. So you can talk about, you know, line of duty, service yep. to other people, you know. Um, a massive brawl broke out in a FIBA-friendly game between Australia and the Philippines, where there was being, like, chairs and other types of debris being thrown, and 13 people were ejected. Go watch the video. It was pretty wild. I need, I need to watch that. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one next. Jameis Winston officially suspended three games for violating personal conduct policy during the incident with the Uber driver. And he has handed the Eagles a win in week two. Yeah, I think the Steelers too. Because mm-hmm. that's a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. Cool. I forget which one, but yeah, pretty much there. Uh, <coughs> oh boy, sorry about Should that. the Bucks trade Jameis? <laughs> uh, I mean, if he screws up again, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I don't think so. I mean, he, he needs a dog there to bite his hand whenever he gets into trouble. Before he gets into trouble, I should say. He's, he's eating too many lobsters. Yeah, man. What you, what you got next? Uh, up next, the Mariners wore an apocalyptic um, future jersey called Turn Ahead the Clock, where it was like a sublimated sleeveless jersey. And they were something interesting, dude. It had like the Mariners, like the navigation thing, like half off the jersey on the left side. And it was so weird to see a baseball team play with no sleeves. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I mean... Someone said somewhere, some somehow, somewhere, Ken Griffey Jr. is screaming. Yeah, well, 
not only that, it's it was it's like when the NBA did the sleeve jerseys, like the short sleeve jerseys. And then the second just, LeBron started ripping the sleeves, it came to an end. Yeah, it, it just didn't look right. Mm. Like I mean, call me traditionalist in that way, but like, there's something special about about, about an MLB jersey that you don't screw with. I I agree with you on that. So like the NBA trying to throw sleeves on the jerseys. Yeah, same I, concept. I, I wasn't a big fan. I'm not a big fan of that. And I think they do. They still wear those. Very rarely, though. Very rarely, I think. Yeah, but um, I don't know because since Nike took over this year, um, something to look into. But now, so now, Rick, before the next thing, since we are talking about jerseys, the NHL is officially bringing back third jerseys. Yes. Um, the Hurricanes are bringing back. I love that black Hurricanes one. The hockey stick and the hurricane are flags they on it. Back? Yeah, they're bringing that one back, and then the Coyotes bringing back their retro. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now, here's the question: Do the New Jersey Devils finally get a third, a f- like not just the red and green throwback they're going to wear on St. Patrick's Day? Are the New Jersey Devils officially going to finally get a third jersey? Mm, no, I don't. I don't think so. Saying the our good old traditionalist selves. Even the fact that we changed that jersey. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm still, I'm still like, it looks nice the new jersey, but I'm still like twisted because like I, I like the fact that we were so traditional that we didn't change anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think I think it's people like the red and green. Yeah. And, and throwback jerseys are always nice, so I think it'll stay the red and green. Green, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think if if we were to get like a third jersey, it would probably be like black. I would assume. Yeah, I would love that—a blacked out, a black and red, like something like the Hurricanes colors. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, what you got next? All right, I got El Presidente of Barstool, Dave Portnoy, under some hot hot water this week because he told his twenty-year one of his twenty-year-old employees, female employee, that. He can't put her on camera in five years because people are going to throw up. Yeah, he's in a little bit of trouble for that one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I, the rest of the guys on the radio show were like, dude, that's effed up. He's like, no, it's not. I'm being honest. Yeah. I I mean, Barstool, I mean, they have... They must sign. They must have some sort of contract where they can say these things. About Apparently, they did. Like that was one of the reasons why one of the girls came out and was filing a lawsuit against Barcel, saying that like in their contract you sign, it says like, "Yo, we can say this stuff about you. Like, if you want to work here, if you you better be ready to take some heat and stand in the kitchen. You know how the saying is like, you can't take the heat, don't stand in the kitchen. Yeah. So if you're gonna diss it, you better be ready for it to come back to you. And that's apparently in the job description there. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I, I've always respected Dave Portnoy for being upfront and honest. That's a little, that's yeah, much. yeah, just a tad bit. <laughs> that's 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 like kind of something you don't necessarily say. Now talk about a man who is upfront and righteous and justice. Tim Tebow is an Eastern League All Star. We can go watch him again because the Eastern League Home Run Derby and All-Star Game are down at Arm & Hammer Park. I mean, I would do that. That would be fun. Yeah, we should look up when that is. I would definitely go to that. Yeah, but whatever. Timmy T, baby. Yeah, whatever. And then a good um, a la- a good um, story to end off on this last one. 
Um, Colin Martin of MLS's own Minnesota United has revealed that he is gay, and he is now the first and only active gay athlete in the United States. So that's a real good feel-good story. Uh, the MLS did a Pride Week. I don't know if you were seeing, or for Pride Month, they've been wearing like the rainbow colors on the back of their jerseys. I don't know if you saw America did it when they played France before the World Cup in June, and they did the same exact thing. Um, Ireland also had the gay pride flag on the back of their uniforms as well when we played Ireland. But the fact that Colin Martin is the first active gay athlete in the United States is it's a real good feel story for, for there. MLS. Yeah. Wasn't there the one the one uh, Rams defensive lineman? Yeah. Was he ever active? I don't even know. I don't. Th- I, he I, was drafted. I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Yeah. Um, but definitely a feel-good story there. That was their basically their celebration of Pride when they wore their Pride jerseys was him coming out in a video to the world saying, I am gay. So good for you, Colin. And good for us. It's another great episode. Rick, I have some news for you, and I'm sure you're very well aware of it. Uh-huh. We are coming up on a year of Wide Open Sportscast. Yeah. What, what exactly is it? I know we're coming up on it, but I don't know exactly right now. If you talk for about 30 seconds, I can go and find it as I Well, while we found, find that, I will say you can find us on SoundCloud at Wide Open Sportscast, as well as iTunes on the same name. Just look us up and subscribe to both of those. We would really appreciate that. As well as if you want to talk to us on Twitter, please t- contact us at Wide Open underscore Sports. We will be active on there. We'll be tweeting about a few things. Also, kind of a fun little thing uh, at the end. We ha- we have the TV on in the background of our studio. And Travis Pastrana is going to attempt the Evil Knievel jump uh, that Evil Knievel tried to attempt in like the late 60s. Where he jumped the Caesar Palace uh, fountain with a bunch of buses and cars in between. So that will be fun to watch. I'm going to be watching that. Probably, probably make a tweet about that or so. July 21st will be the first anniversary of the Wide Open Sportscast. Okay. I'm I'm going to be away for that, so our anniversary will probably have to be celebrated after. But we'll be sure to have a little something special for you there. Um, Thank you again for tuning in, folks. We hope you have a amazing week. And don't forget, it's coming home Yeah, on Sunday. It's coming home, baby. It's not. I am Feds. I'm Rick. Bye-bye. It's coming home. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.